PMDD partners, welcome to another episode of the In Love with PMDD podcast. I am your host, Dr. Rose Alcaton, your PMDD relationship psychotraumatologist. And being that I have PMDD, I have chosen to specialize my practice in helping PMDD partners to stop the monthly breakups. Each week, I will be providing you with my signature trauma transformational tools. Now let's get into this week's episode. Today, we are going to be talking all about mood swings while you're in PMDD. This episode is going to help you with how your moods shift with your partner and in your relationship as a whole, meaning how you envision your relationship when PMDD comes, when the triggers come, how that view of your relationship and how it shifts because you're in a different mood. So when you're in a good mood, when you're in your follicular days and you're seeing your relationship with rainbows and butterflies and everything seems so amazing and it seems like you don't really have any problems in the world and then you shift into PMDD and you're all of a sudden seeing every negative thing about your partner every negative thing about your relationship. And then you begin to question whether you should even be in the relationship and whether you should even be with your partner. So we're really going to be talking about managing those moods in PMDD so that you don't break up with your partner, so that you don't end your relationship. And so you don't deal with all that guilt of the damage that you can possibly do when you're believing those negative thoughts that you're really thinking because you're in that kind of negative mood in your relationship because you're feeling those PMDD symptoms. So I'm going to take you through one of the exercises that I've done with my private clients. And this is essentially like a meditation. It is a reframing of your mind. So I'm not calling it a meditation um, in a sense that you're just listening and then that's it. Um, We are going to be shifting your mindset, reframing your mindset, right? We're going to be getting you to do different actions because of the reframing that is going to go on during this podcast. So I want you to get into a position to where you're really receptive. I know that a lot of my listeners um, multitask when they're listening to podcasts just like me, but I want you to just be really open to the things that I'm saying, even if you initially listen to it and you're like, oh, that's not me. That's not how I'm feeling. Well, the thing about it is a lot of times we don't instinctively feel these ways, but that doesn't mean that's not the way that we're supposed to be thinking in order to get us to the result that we're wanting, which is a more peaceful and supportive PMDD relationship. So let's get right into this. After I let you know that there's only one more spot left for my private two-month PMDD coaching sessions have been going on for the past month now, and they are going amazing. The results that I'm seeing, the progress that I'm seeing also A lot of things are coming out with the PMDD partners that need to come out, right? So it's that uncomfortable feeling where things get bad before they get better. So it's easy for us to say, oh, no, I don't want things to get bad. So I'm just going to retreat and never want to get to that point of of bringing up those touchy subjects. But it's something that's going to stay on your mind. It's something that hasn't been dealt with in your relationship. And I know, I know that it's going to continuously bother you. It's like, I know that this is the reason why we're having these issues, but we're just kind of tiptoeing around them. We're kind of not really dealing with them. And so the work that we do in these private sessions is we deal with the hard things that are going on in your relationship. We deal with the root things, things that have happened two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, things that are becoming a roadblock to where you're trying to go. Because until you deal with what has happened in the past, you cannot move forward with the fresh slate. So just like we're going through this podcast and we're reframing our mind when it comes to our relationships and our partners, you have to reframe your mind when it comes to things that have happened in your relationship in the past, the damage that's been done. In PMDD, we have all had damage. 
that's been done in our PMDD relationship. No, no one is sitting here saying that their relationship is perfect. And even if they do have a really good PMDD relationship now, that doesn't mean it's always been that way. Like I have so many people every single day. I'm in my inbox on Instagram for two hours at least a day talking with all of you who are not even my private clients, but just individuals that listen to the podcast and need help with their PMDD relationship. And I'm on there talking to you and you're consistently saying, I took your advice on that one thing. And then now we're not having problems in that area. And it's like things progress over time when you use the tools that I'm giving you. So if you're not following me on Instagram, I literally follow my PMDD journal on a day-to-day basis. Um, Right now, presently, I am two days out of PMDD, but guess what? These are the days where I'm supposed to be feeling my best and enjoying my beautiful follicular days. And because I'm in my cycle and my cycle's really, really hard, and I had a really, really hard PMDD um, journey (laughs) this month, I'm feeling a little depleted, right? So you don't have to put the pressure on yourself to feel perfect, to feel good, to Hurry up and enjoy your good days just because you're in your good days. I'm here to tell you that crap happens when you're in your good days. You may be in your quote unquote PMDD good days, your follicular good days and have some really bad things happen. And that's okay. We have to give ourselves permission to be able to have experiences that are negative outside of our PMDD days. We cannot say that the only time that you know, negative things can happen in our lives is when we're in PMDD because that's not realistic. And then when those negative things happen, you're going to beat yourself up about it and you're going to feel like you you shouldn't deal with it. You can't deal with it because you're not in PMDD. So you're supposed to be enjoying your good days. It doesn't matter. Life happens for everyone. And if you think back to the days before you even knew that you had PMDD, so I know a lot of my private clients and a lot of you that I talked to had PMDD way before you knew you had PMDD. And you can attest to bad stuff happened all the time. And bad stuff doesn't reserve itself to when you're in PMDD. So when you have those shifts in your mood, if your mood shifts and you're in your good days, that's fine. Give yourself permission to have a bad day when you are not in PMDD. Give yourself permission to shift into those moods, but I'm going to give you the tools today in order to shift yourself out of them. But just to just be aware that you have permission to have bad days when you're not in PMDD. All right, so let's get into it. Take a deep breath and just listen. I am in control of my moods when I am in PMDD. I am aware of my moods when I am in PMDD. I know when I'm being triggered and I know when I'm calm. I accept my PMDD intrusive thoughts without letting them interfere with what is real in my life. I am choosing to act in ways that make me happy and bring me peace and closer to the relationship that I desire and deserve. PMDD lovers, I am so excited to announce my latest course called Dating and PMDD. You asked and I answered. For all of you single PMDD partners wanting to get in a relationship or maybe you're currently dating and you're having some struggles with trying to navigate your PMDD symptoms, or if you're the partner that's thinking about dating someone who has PMDD and you really just want to know how to do it the right way. So we're going to go through eight weeks of intense training with workbooks where we're going to be going over 
all of these different topics and we're going to have live Q&As. You're going to be able to watch the recordings whenever you feel like it, whatever time zone that you're on. So week one, we're going to be discovering your why. Why do you want to date with PMDD? Why do you want to partner? We need to understand the foundation of that. Week two, we're going to be talking about what makes a supportive PMDD partner. All of my clients always say all the time, I just want a supportive PMDD partner. So I'm going to show you exactly what that looks like when it comes to PMDD. Week three, is going to be boundaries in PMDD, communicating those needs. What is it that you need? What is it that you don't need specifically when you go into PMDD? Week four is going to be PMDD attachment styles. When you go into PMDD, are you an avoidant? Do you have an anxious attachment style? What kind of partner should you date if you have a different attachment style in PMDD? Week five is the PMDD intrusive thoughts. When you're going through that texting phase and you're not really knowing what to do with that anxiety of should I text, should I not text, should I tell them that I have PMDD, when should I tell them that I have PMDD, how should I tell them that I have PMDD. I'm going to give you the exact blueprint of what to say when you have PMDD and you're dating someone that you're wanting to be in a relationship with. Week six is going to be dating through each phase of your cycle. So every single time that you go through your ovulation, your menstruation, your follicular phase, and your luteal phase, when you're dating, you're going to be impacted differently. And I'm going to tell you how to date, when to date, which phase of your cycle is more beneficial and which phase is more so you need to kind of pull back a little bit so that you don't do any damage and that you don't scare away a potential PMDD partner. Week seven is how dating affects your PMDD symptoms because because when you begin to date, you will have your PMDD symptoms magnified. So I'm going to tell you what to look out for so that you're not surprised, so that you don't feel like you need to stop the dating process or like you're doing something wrong. I'm going to tell you what to expect and what to do to cause your PMDD symptoms to be minimally affected when you're dating. And then the last week eight is going to be how to detach yourself from the PMDD dating process and just have fun and open yourself up to the possibility of having an amazing PMDD partner. So go to www.inlovewithpmdd.com. We start on May 1st and you'll be able to watch the recordings whenever you get this. And you're going to want to get the workbook and everything that's included. I look forward to seeing you in there. We got this. Love you. So I'm going to be telling you these statements and then I'm going to be breaking them down for you. When I say that you are in control of your moods when you're in PMDD, I'm not saying that you don't have uncontrollable moments when you're in PMDD. Not a thing. I get it. You feel out of control probably the most when you're in PMDD. What I'm saying is as you begin to use these tools, you become more self-aware of when your moods are shifting. And it's kind of like tracking your cycle. So if you're tracking your cycle and you know when your PMDD, your PMDD days are and you know where they're not, then you're like, okay, I'm expecting this. So I, I kind of have these tools in my toolbox and I can use these tools. When I say that I am in control of my moods when I'm in PMDD, what I'm saying is you have the permission. You have the power to choose how you are going to react to any trigger that you feel when you're in PMDD. If you have a copy of my ebook, 10 Ways to Manage Your PMDD Rage in Your Relationship, which you should have, go to my website, www.inlovewithpmdd.com, get a copy of that, and you will see that the number one thing that I say is pause before you react. I'm not saying that you're not going to have the trigger. I'm not saying that there's there's this magic trick to not be triggered when you're in PMDD. That's not a thing. You are going to be triggered, actually. And when you are, you have the ability to choose what you're going to do with that trigger. Are you going to instinctively respond to what you're feeling in the moment? Or are you going to allow yourself to shift into something, into doing something that's going to distract you from that initial response that is going to do damage to your PMDD relationship? So when you get into your mind that my initial response to being triggered in PMDD is going to cause damage 
to my PMDD relationship. That will stop you in your tracks, but you have to remember that. When you get into those really, really hard moments and you're wanting to prove your point, you have to remember, as my mood is shifting because a comment was said, because the thing was said, if I choose to just go with what I instinctively feel, it's going to do damage to my relationship. So you make the choice. You have the permission to make the choice. PMDD takes so much away from us. So much away from what we're physically able to do because of the chronic fatigue, because of the depression, because of the need to isolate, because of all of these other horrible symptoms that we have, that it causes us to feel out of control and just saying, I'm at the mercy of PMDD. But when you're getting those shifts in your mood, accept them. Right. So I say I accept my PMDD intrusive thoughts without letting them interfere with what is real in my life. What I mean by that is you are accepting that you are having a PMDD intrusive thought. I want you to start calling it out for what it is. When you know that you're thinking something and and there's a part of you that's like, yeah, I know that this is probably an intrusive thought and but I'm still going to go with it, right? I've been there so many times where it's like, yeah, I know this is probably an intrusive thought, but I need to prove my point. I need to be, that is the ego. And I'm going to do a whole other episode on that. But I want you to start to label it. I accept that I'm having a PMDD intrusive thought. I accept that I'm having a PMDD intrusive thought. And then after you acknowledge that, I want you to recognize what is true. I have certain things within my house, all over my house and at work, anywhere that I'm going to be for long periods of time that remind me of who my partner really is, who he is to me when I'm not in PMDD. And that is an amazing PMDD partner who works his butt off to show up and to be there for me. Again, that has taken work. He did not start off like that. He did not start off as being an amazing PMDD partner. If you listen to past episodes, you will hear that it took him two years, two years to fully accept and embrace that this is, she's in PMDD. I love her. So we're going to work on this. And and during those two years, I used the same tools that I'm using with my private clients and that I'm sharing with you. So the only way that he was able to get out of that mindset was utilizing these tools, which is how I know that they work because he is so far in the opposite direction than what he was when we first started. And I first was like, I have PMDD. He was like, suck it up. You know, like, just just do what you need to do. Pretend it's not there. Maybe if you pretend that you're not in PMDD, then it won't really be a thing. You know, maybe it's all in your mind. Like, we went through all of the scenarios. Like, maybe there's a cure for PMDD. Just go look for a cure. Like, you'll be fine. Like, we went through all of these rabbit holes until he was finally able to realize that PMDD wasn't going anywhere. And that was the new normal in our life. And he needed tools to utilize because he's very goal oriented. He's like, all right, so now that this is the thing, what do we do? And the onus was put on me to figure it out, to be like, okay, well, he's willing to do the work and I want to be with him. He wants to be with me. So now I have to develop these tools. Like he is the reason that a lot of these tools have been developed because I had to use them on my own relationship to even know that they would work. And we practiced them for years and I saw the transformation in our relationship. And that's why when I get on these coaching sessions with my private PMDD clients, I know what you're going through and I don't judge you for any of it because I've been there. I've been there in the ugliest of times, of in times where I'm like, I hope no one ever sees or hears about this because this is some chaos and confusion and frustration. And it's, it's so traumatic and horrible. 
And then I've seen the transformation of using my tools and I've seen it be really beautiful. And when you get to those moments, which my clients have, you know, they've been working with me for almost a month now and they've been at a place where they used a couple of the tools. And it's so amazing to hear them say um, on our calls, like we were in a moment where we would have reacted the way we normally did. And we did it because we used your tools and we kind of like escaped, you know, a PMDD fight that possibly could have ended us. And now we're still together. And that's what's so powerful is that if you are given the right tools, you can have the relationship that you desire and deserve while you have PMDD. That's not just something that I say. That's something that I know to be true. And it's something that is continuously happening in my sessions. So I'm I'm needing to share that with you because I don't want to see you suffer in your PMDD relationship thinking that, oh, this is just how it has to be. I have to accept this lesser version of my relationship. I have to accept this lesser version of my partner. And it's like, no, you don't. The tools are here. It's just a matter of, are you going to reach out? Are you going to invest in them? Are you going to believe in them? Are you going to utilize them? Because when I when I was going through my tough times in my PMDD relationship, I didn't have anyone. There was no PMDD relationship expert. There were relationship people that I went to with tools that worked when I wasn't in PMDD. And then I flip and get into PMDD. And <laughs> I was like, none of this crap works. <laughs> like, none of these things work. Um, And having the tools that are not PMDD specific won't save your relationship because it's going to keep it when you're not in PMDD. But as you know, our lives are half and half. And the difference in the half and half of our relationship, like two weeks of of a bad week and then two weeks of a good week, is that the damage that is done in those two weeks can absolutely outweigh the good times because they're so traumatic and they're so like, You can't even wrap your head around having another good time because you're consistently thinking about the utter chaos that has happened in the past two weeks. So it's like, I don't even know if I can enjoy my good days because I don't even know if I'm freaking supposed to be with this person. Right? It's like when you're in those bad days in PBD, you question everything because it's like, how am I possibly supposed to be with this person that is literally triggering me and driving me insane. And they're making me into a person that I don't even want to be. I've said that so many times when I was in my worst days in PMDD with my partner before. And I was like, I don't like who I am when I'm with you. And he was like, well, (laughs) I don't like who I am when I'm with you. And we were bringing out the ugliest, deepest, darkest parts of ourselves that no one else saw. No one else in our life saw because no one else can trigger us the way that our partners can. And I want to let you know that's a thing. No one else can trigger you the way that your partner can. You can have all the patience in the world with your coworkers. You can have all the patience in the world with your friends. You can have all the patience in the world with your children, but even your pets, right? I've told you plenty of times, like I, if you follow me on Instagram, I've told you plenty of times, I walk my dog every morning and I walk him twice, almost three times a day. He's pretty spoiled. He's a cute little Shih Tzu Maltese mix. Um, but when I'm in PMDD, I feel like he's pulling on the leash a little bit more and it's like triggering me because I'm trying to be super calm. And then I feel this yank in my arm and it's just, it's little things that my dog can do, like pulling on the leash. And then when we're, cause he sleeps in my bed, like at the foot of the bed and he licks, you know, he licks himself. And I swear to Bob, Mary and Joseph that When he licks and I have that misophonia where everything sounds louder, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just freak out so much. And it's like, 
even that, like little things like I, my daughter, she's, you know, 12, she's she's in puberty and all the things and the moods and going into high school. And, and I'm just like, all of these things are triggering me, but nothing compares to my partner triggering me. Like I can kind of overlook the things with my dog. I'm like, all right, well, I noticed that it's uncomfortable, but I can still act normal. You know, like I don't really have a reaction. Like that would, I don't know. I feel like that would be weird if I'm walking my dog and I just like freaking like explode on him. Like I do with my partner or I did with my partner, but I, I hold it in. Right. Um, and I manage it. And when it with my daughter, I manage it because I don't want to hurt her feelings. So, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do damage to her. I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'm going to hold this reaction in. And when I'm at work and I feel like my, I try to isolate myself. So I work in a, um, the office is very, like, it's like four cubicles. So I'm technically the director. Um, I'm not technically the director. I'm the director. And I have um, four direct reports under me. So four individuals under me. And they're, we're all, they have separate cubicles, but we're in like a communal area, which I'm used to being in a director position, a human resources director. I'm used to having my own office, but the way the structure is developed is that we're supposed to be communicating all the time because we have all these things going on. And so when I'm in my PMDD days and I'm trying to like isolate, you know, and have my own time and listen to meditations in my earphones, like on my AirPods and stuff. Um, and still do my work. And they're like, Hey, did you hear what I said? And did you, Rose, did you hear? And I'm like, what? Like, are you talking to me? Like, so I'm consistently triggered when I'm in PMDD by so many other humans and animals and nothing compares to when I'm triggered by my partner. And he is the one person where when I'm triggered, I let the gloves off again, in the past prior to using my, so here's what I want to say. When I say in the past, I mean in the past in a sense that I reacted to them. I still get triggered, right? So me giving you the tools is not saying that you're no longer going to be triggered by your PMDD partner. I'm not one of those practitioners that will tell you I have the cure, to everything that you're going through in your PMDD relationship. I have tools to help you navigate and to make different decisions that make better outcomes, but I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to wave a magic wand and eliminate anything that's going on in your relationship. And I tell that to all my clients and I'm telling that to you to be in integrity because I see so many People try to take advantage of the suffering of our PMDD community. And it's upsetting because I know that we all want help, but I also hope that we all know that there's no cure for PMDD in a sense of take this pill, take this magic pill. And it'll go away. Like that's that's not a thing. I feel like all of us, if you have PMDD, you've probably taken a lot of pills. <laughs> like you Googled a lot of things and, and you said, oh, that's it, it's gonna work with this. And you've taken I've taken so many pills for PMDD. Um, so many things. I've done so many things to to try and cure my PMDD, and I got like, so exhausted of it, and I'm just like Okay, well, I'm not, I'm no longer trying to cure my PMDD. I'm just trying to navigate, I'm trying to navigate it and manage it. Right. So there's a difference between trying to cure it and actually accepting that you have it and just saying, I would just like to manage it and learn how to navigate a relationship with it. And I think that's a way more realistic approach than going down the rabbit hole of trying to make it go away. Because I'm pretty sure if one, of us PMDD sufferers knew how to make it go away, it would go viral. Everybody would be buying it. Everybody would be getting it because they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is finally the thing. So let, let's let accept the fact that we are managing our PMDD symptoms. And if you 
gotten to a place where you feel like you've had, I've had really good months with PMDD. I've definitely had really good months. And I, so I've had really good months of PMDD when I haven't been trying to have really good months of PMDD. Like I didn't instinctively doing it, do anything, but I'm like, oh my gosh. And I realized that like at the tail end of it, I'm like, man, I've been having a really good PMDD month and I can't freaking remember what I was doing to cause it. I just, I think it's random sometimes because I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if, I feel like every month is different and I just have to wrap my head around it because I don't even have the same PMDD symptoms every month. Like I, I normally have a frontliner, like a quarterback of PMDD. Like last month, my quarterback was depression. The month before that was fatigue. Absolutely. And this month it was definitely intrusive thoughts. Like I, I was going down the rabbit hole. Like, what if this? What if that? What the? What are they saying? What are they thinking? And I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like, all right, intrusive thoughts. Like, you're 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 on the front line. I get it. You're like MVP of PMDD. Um, but I said all that in saying that we have to accept where we are in PMDD and what it is that we are experiencing. And so when I say I accept my PMDD intrusive thoughts without letting them interfere with what is real in my life, it's saying I'm not going to pretend like I'm not having these intrusive thoughts because what you try to avoid is going to start showing up even more in your life because it's there for a reason and it'll go away way quicker if you just acknowledge it and accept it. What you try to dismiss will persist because it's wanting you to just, it's like a little kid in, in kindergarten where you're trying to like, okay, does anybody know the answer to this question? And there's this one kid that's like raising their hand, like, oh, me, 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 pick me and pick me. Like, those are your symptoms. And if you choose to like, look around, like, is there anybody? And you're not like looking at that one little kid, like they're going to start like ranting and raving and, and making a big commotion because they want you to pay attention to them. That's how your PMDD symptoms are. So like, accept that you have the intrusive thoughts, accept it. And then say, okay, I'm accepting that I'm having this PMDD intrusive thought, but I'm also accepting that it is an intrusive thought. And then now that I'm accepting that I'm having an intrusive thought, I'm going to choose what I'm going to do with it. You have to choose what you will do with that intrusive thought, because if you don't choose, the thought will choose for you. Like the months that I know, like this month, I knew that intrusive thoughts was a thing for me. I just woke up knowing, hey, I'm probably going to have intrusive thoughts today. Like I'm probably going to think some crazy stuff, like some real wild things. And because I knew that when the intrusive thought came up, I'm like, oh, there you are. Last month, it was the same thing with depression. I just accepted it. I'm going to be depressed today. Right. I'm not claiming it. And I do believe that words have power, but I'm accepting it. So there's a difference between claiming it and saying, I'm going to be depressed today versus I'm probably going to be depressed today. And that's okay. Giving yourself permission to experience what you're going to experience when you're in PMDD and not judging it and not saying, I'm probably going to be depressed today, but I shouldn't be because I have this to do, I have this to do, I have this to do, and you're fighting against it. So when you are constantly fighting against your PMDD symptoms, like I'm feeling like this, but I don't want to feel like this, and I did it, and you're just thinking that you not wanting to be in PMDD, it's going to make you not be in PMDD. It's going to make you suffer even worse because you're not just accepting that this is where you are in your life, living with PMDD right now. And I'm not even going to say the next statement, which is, and there's nothing you can do about it because there is something you can do about it. Once you accept it, you say, okay, I'm going to take action promptly. When I notice that I'm being triggered by my PMDD partner, I'm going to start to examine my thinking. 
I'm going to turn things around before that PMDD rage builds up and I explode. When I know, when I instinctively notice that my partner's going on and on and on and he just said something and it triggers me, I'm going to stop and I'm going to be like, okay, I'm feeling triggered right now. What do I think he's saying? And I'll verbalize it to my partner. Are you saying this? And if they say, no, I wasn't saying this, I would say, okay, well, because I, I thought you were saying this. And it's not a matter of getting defensive and trying to defend myself and prove my point. It's a matter of when you get triggered and you feel that PMDD rage, clarity is key. Get clear on whether you're even justified to be in PMDD rage right now. Like, earn being in PMDD rage. Like, I'm in PMDD rage, but why? Should you be? Should you be in PMDD rage or should you just be like, oh, I see what he was saying. I I see what she was saying. Okay, well, it, they didn't mean that. Like, close call. Like, I need you to do the matrix on that. You know, like swerve it and be like, oh, that could that could have gone left. But instead, we're going right. And then you're choosing to look on the bright side of your relationship and the positive qualities of your PMDD partner. I'm going to save that one for a whole nother episode. Matter of fact, I was going to share it today, but it's something that I I really want to do a deep dive on. And I don't want to get away from this, but it's, it's just focusing on what's good about your PMDD partner and not what sucks about your PMDD partner. The next thing is, I live in the present moment of where I am in my relationship. I don't judge it. I don't compare it to other people. I don't say that, you know, based off of how long we, we've been together, we should be here, right? If I didn't have PMDD in, in the relationship, we would be here. If my partner wouldn't have done this thing in the past or said this thing in the past or reacted a certain way, we wouldn't be here. I want you to stop judging your relationship for where you think it should be and accept it for where it presently is. Because no PMDD relationship is the same. And if you are going on social media and comparing your relationships to people on there who don't have PMDD, oh my goodness. Like you're asking for suffering. You're asking for heartbreak. You're asking to feel like a piece of crap. Because you are comparing yourself to people who not only don't have the same struggles that you have, but probably aren't portraying the true struggles that they really do have. If that makes any sense. Every relationship, whether you have PMDD or not, has struggles. But if you're comparing it to someone on social media and their their relationship goals, couples goals, like, no. No, 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 no. You're going to end up feeling miserable. And I used to think that that's what you were supposed to do, right? I used to, especially on my Facebook, which I'm not that active on my Facebook anymore. So um, I'm mostly on Instagram. But I used to always post these like really happy pictures of me and my partner and There will be so many likes and comments and I've stopped doing that for the simple fact of when I got really honest with myself of where we were in so many times that I posted those pictures. I'm like, I may have posted those pictures um, after we had a good night, but the night after that or the night before that, we probably were going at it. And we probably were on a verge of a breakup. Matter of fact, a lot of our arguments um, and and breakups and near breakups have been when we're on vacation, like supposedly taking these amazing selfies and like talking about enjoying life and like all I need in this life of sin is me and my boyfriend and, you know, like all of these things. And yet we were going at it. And I, I stopped 
posting those pictures because I didn't want people to feel like this is real life with having PMDD and being in a relationship. Like it's all rainbows and butterflies and smiles and hugs and cuddles and, you know, like just love your partner and everything else will fall into place. No, no, it doesn't work like that. There's, there's so much more to it than that. And what I thought was being really, really positive by posting those amazing pictures was really, I had a client tell me, and I think this is what brought it full circle. Um, when I first started coaching and she was like, I was really hesitant to reach out to you because I looked at your pictures and I looked at you and your partner and I thought must be nice. You know, like must be nice to have PMD and and have that kind of relationship. Like, but it was so, I felt like it was so unattainable. Like that's not something that I could ever have. And I just pictured you having this amazing PMDD relationship and this amazing partner. And I was like, I don't even like my partner right now. So there's that, right? Like in the moment I was in PMDD and in my avoidance state and when they were saying that, I'm like, what? Like, why would you think that? And they're like, oh, because you posted this picture and you guys look so happy. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we're not good right now. Like we're actually arguing about something and da, 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 da. And, it, and I shared what we were arguing about. I can't remember it at the time. Um, but I don't, I, it's not realistic when you have PMDD, right? To think that everything's going to be amazing. Even if you use my tools, my partner's going to get triggered. I'm going to get triggered. And there's going to be moments where we're like, okay, this doesn't feel good. But it's, I still love you and I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. It's not like everything's perfect and you're perfect and I'm perfect. We don't think like that anymore, that we used to say that all the time. Uh, You're perfect. You're so perfect. And we're not. But I do think he, I do know, he is the perfect PMDD partner for me, but that has taken time. He was not always the perfect PMDD partner for me. He was actually I was like, he triggers me the most. Like if I, if I should be with anyone, like I should be with somebody who is completely opposite. And then when I really thought about it, I really, really thought about it one day. And I was like, the person that I'm trying to mold him into being, which is something that we do, when we suffer with PMDD, we try to make our partners into something that they're not because we feel like that's something that we need. So if you have a partner that's really, really aggressive, you try to turn them into this passive, nice, sweet person that is just gentle and nice and all these things to you. And that may not be what you need. That may be what you want, but it may not be what you need. Because let me tell you, I've had the, now again, if you are nice, I'm not, I'm not coming for you, but what I'm saying is, In order to be with someone who has PMDD, you have to be a fighter. And I don't mean fighting as in fighting with you. I mean fighting for you. You need someone that's strong enough to take the blows of PMDD. It's like a boxer in the ring and they're getting hit left and right and left and right, but they're not going anywhere. They refuse to lay down and be like TKO, right? That's who you need. And that's when I noticed the beauty in my partner's strength of being able to take the nasty comments and the rudeness and the ignoring and all the the negative things that I did in PMDD and just take it and take it and take it and not quit on me and not leave and not be like, you know what? I I don't need this. Like, I deserve better than this. Like, I'm out. Like, I don't have to do this. Because essentially, all of our partners could say that. Like, all of our partners can say that. And if you're honest with yourself, if you were dating some, someone with PMDD who did the stuff that you did when you were in PMDD, you might... Matter of fact, if you thought about if your partner did half the stuff that you did, ask yourself this question, would you still stay with you? 
if someone did that to you and you didn't have any PMDD symptoms, so you were just trying to be loving towards them and they start lashing out at you and accusing you and shaming you and blaming you and neglecting you and not giving you the love, affection, and attention for two to three weeks out of the month, would you just be like, I'm just going to stay here because I believe in you and I believe in this relationship. Like you might be like, you know what? I, I can't do this. Like you disrespected me, especially when the ego comes, because when the ego comes, you're like, who are you talking to? Like you're, you're talking to me like that. Like I'm trying to help you out. And you're talking to me with disrespect and and all these things. Like, no, you're not going to do that. Like, I feel like a lot of us take for granted that if we were the ones who were the PMDD partners who didn't have PMDD and dealt with what we put our partners through, we might not stay. I mean, if you go back in the episodes, you'll listen in episode. I I threw my partner out of a, a car. I told him to get out the car and it was like late at night and he was visiting my family and it was cold, I believe. Like, yeah, because we're in the East Coast and we were going through something and an argument and whatever. And I was like, get out, like get out the car. And then I drove off because I was in PMDD, drove off and left my partner on a date. We're on a date. I'm a girl. We're on a date. We go through a dinner with my sister. We have argument. And I'm like, get out the car. And he gets out because he's freaked out because he doesn't, because I, I don't normally act like that. So he probably didn't know what I was capable of. And he got out the car. And I drove away and went to proceed to go to sleep for the night. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't care what happens to him in the middle of the night sleeping in our bed. That was me in PMDD. And I think about if I was him and he kicked me out of a car and drove off and I was in a town where I didn't have a car, like I didn't know, like would I still be with him? So I think when you think about all of the actions that you've taken when you've been in these moods, when you're in PMDD, it's like, would you still be with you after you did all these things? Yeah, you can choose to justify them. I've done that before. I've been like, oh, well, the only reason I did that was because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. But honestly, a lot of our actions when we're in PMDD, there's no excuse because it's disrespectful. Again, a whole another episode. But if you're disrespecting your partner, disrespecting them by doing these things when you're getting into these moods, I mean, you may need the partner that you have, the one that's willing to stick it out with you, the one that's willing to be there. And this picture perfect partner that you're thinking about in your mind would not be the one that stayed with you during those hard times. They would be the softy. They would be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be with you when everything's great and everything's amazing. And then when you did some PMDD stuff, you would probably scare the crap out of them and they'd be running for the hills. (laughs) Honestly, I've dealt with, I've had exes that were very beta, I would say. Where when they couldn't they couldn't deal with hardship they couldn't deal with hard things in relationships they were kind of like oh my god like um and not not to say that there's anything wrong with them but it's like in order to be with someone who has PMDD like you have to kind of have that grit in you to be like I'm gonna bear down and I'm gonna deal with hard things because I had a partner who was like my partner's an alpha male. And we'll talk about that later in the episodes, but alpha male and beta male. The beta male is kind of like, they want you to take the lead. They want you to do everything. They kind of want to be with an alpha female because they're kind of like, whatever you like, you know, like if you watch that movie coming to America and he's like, oh, what do you like? And he's, and she's like, whatever you like, it's the kind of like, well, what the heck do you like? (laughs) You know, they're kind of like go with the flow. And a lot of times I feel like we think that we would want someone that's like, go with the flow, like do whatever I say, but 
I had someone like that and uh, it didn't it didn't do much for me. Like it, it initially I was like, wow, this is amazing. I could pretty much do whatever I want and he's not gonna say anything about it. But then I'm like, well, this is not stimulating at all. It was kind of like dating myself. Like I'm like, well, what what the heck is this person here for? And then when hard things happen and I started to think like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? And they're looking at me to fix it because again, I would be the alpha in the relationship. They're like, Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, what? Like you're not you're not gonna attempt to help me handle this. So then you feel like you're carrying someone, like you're dealing with a child, right? So I, yeah, so whole another thing. But a lot of the things that we may complain about our community partner is is also things that we may need that particular community partner. And so I want you to really think about that. Your partner has dealt with a lot and they're still here. And there's a possibility that if they weren't like they are, then they wouldn't be there. And so the next thing is I focus on solutions. I figure out what part of this disagreement can I control and divert my energy to to make positive changes. What can I change about the trigger that's happening right now? If I don't like that you did something, what about that can I actually change? Am I just going to complain about it? You know what I mean? And I can't do anything about it? Or is there something like, can I suggest something? And if your solution is for you, your partners to do something different, I want to remind you that it takes two to tango. So if you're giving your partner a solution, you better be giving yourself one too, right? So don't put everything on your partner and be like, you, you, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. It's like, this is what works way better. I'm going to tell you what works. I'm going to give you, okay, I'm going to give you like a little skit. So babe, I really think that the situation would be handled better if you were to speak to me in a lower tone. And then in turn, I'm going to take the time to really listen and validate what it is that you're saying. So what did I do? I asked my partner for something by saying the name that I call it, babe, baby, honey, my love, sweetheart. Again, all of these things, it's, it's all about presentation. Babe, I think that, and then I am going to do this. I am going to do this means I am taking responsibility for the place that we're at right now. I'm not putting it all on you. So I'm asking for you to change something and then I'm agreeing to change something. And then at the end of it, you can say, what are your thoughts? What do you think? And then they may say, well, yeah, I do see what you mean because you're being nice and sweet. Versus being like, this is what you need to do. If you would only do this, how come you don't understand? You're messing everything up. All you had to do was do this and this would have never turned out like that. Like, oh my goodness, how come you can't see that this would have been a better solution? Like, uh, if someone talked to you like that, how would you react? First of all, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm an Enneagram 7. I'm a free spirit. This is me talking, by the way. I'm not in, in skit mode. But I don't like anyone telling me anything to do, right? Matter of fact, my partner knows that the way to get me to do things is almost to not ask me to do it. He has to show me by example, and then he just starts doing things positively in our relationship. And then I just look and I'm like, huh, he's doing this. Like that seems to be working. Like I think I'm going to do it too. And then I just end up doing it. So I kind of follow his lead because he knows if he was to tell me, you need to do this, and da, 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 like I would be like, okay, yeah, not gonna happen. Like I, I don't respond to that. So it's all about knowing your partner as well. Like I know that my partner is an Enneagram six, very structured, very direct, very blunt, very abrasive, all the aggressive, all these things. And I'm an Enneagram seven, who's like a free spirit. It's like, oh, I just want to go with the flow, and like we'll see how things go. And he's like, what's the plan? What's the plan? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the plan. I never have a plan. I'm probably depending on your plan. Like, 
So you have to know your partner in order to know how to communicate these kind of things to shift yourself out of the mood. And so when you're focusing on solutions, you have to communicate it in a way that your partner is going to be able to receive it. If you need help understanding your partner's personality, that's something that I can do. Like I told you in the last episode, I'm not, I only have one more spot for my private two-month PMDD coaching, but I do accept these three session packages where I deal one-on-one with you, one-on-one with your other partner, and then we do one together to compare the tools to see how they're going to work well in your relationship or just one-on-one sessions. I've done those too. So I'm willing to accept those. If that's something that you need, go to my website, www.inlovewithpmdd.com, and we can do a single session or one of those um, three-session packages. Um, But that's a way of really understanding how to communicate with your partner's specific relationship. Like we'll go in depth to what your personality is and what your partner's personality is and then what that communication is supposed to look like, right? And so the last thing is I treat myself with compassion. And the reason why you need to treat yourself with compassion is because there's so much guilt that goes on with PMDD and how you feel like you're supposed to act, how you feel like you're supposed to do things. And you need to understand that when you're feeling in a mood, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling PMDD rage, you need to be able to use self-talk to keep yourself calm and motivated and understand it's okay to adjust your schedule when you need to take a break. I know how hard this is, right? I have a very rigorous schedule, like my schedule. If you see me on Instagram, if you follow me on the day-to-day, I talk to you all mostly when I'm doing my morning routine, but the day-to-day of my life is very structured, very organized. And I have to be able to know when I need to take a break, because if I don't take a break when I need to take a break, I'm going to be very irritable and I'm going to take it out on my partner. So there's an aftermath. So it's not just I'm taking a break for me. It's like I'm also taking a break for my partner, because if I don't take this break, I'm going to be irritable. My mood is going to be shifted into something that's going to be damaging, and then I'm going to pay for it later. I can't tell you how many times where I've tried to push through on activities, push through on things, and then I've paid for it because I've done so much damage in my relationship. And then I feel more emotions about that and guilt and shame about my reactions to it. And I'm just like, all of this could have been resolved if I just would have taken a break. So I want you to say this phrase with me. Today, I manage my moods while I'm in PMDD instead of letting them manage me. I am going to use these tools to help me deal with my PMDD emotions and not do further damage to my relationship. And I want to ask you three different questions at the end of this so that you can really understand. And that's how does that shift in your mood affect the decisions that you make in your PMDD relationship? How do the shift in your mood affect the decisions that you make in your PMDD relationship? Are you shifting your mood and deciding to break up? Are you shifting your mood and deciding to Think about having another partner. Are you shifting your mood and deciding to just stop putting forth effort and thinking like it's not even worth it because we've been going through so many things and I just feel so exhausted. So I just want to leave. Number two, what is one thing that I can do to shift my emotions when I am feeling PMDD intrusive thoughts and PMDD rage? What is one thing that I can do to shift my emotions when I'm feeling PMDD intrusive thoughts and I'm feeling PMDD rage? For me, it's movement. It's always been movement. I need to move my body. 
as I move my body, it shifts my mind. I get out of my head. And I always used to say, get out of your head and get into your body. When I get out of my head, I start moving my body with whatever movement that I feel in the moment. And then I just get the negativity. I have somewhere to channel it, if that makes any sense. Same thing with PMDD Rage. I've done dance parties. I've done hard workouts where I'm like lifting weights. I ran on my treadmill. I have, you know, done a lot of things to just shift that negative energy. And then there's also the times where I've watched Netflix and I've been binged watched an entire series that is about happy things. Like when I get into PMDD, like a lot of times I want to look at like these sappy movies of people having relationships that I feel like I'll never have this kind of relationship. Like, and I'll be sitting there watching like, or if it's not a movie, like a rom-com or like a, you know, one of those things like Pretty Women is like my favorite movie. I'm like, Julia, like, but I'll even watch like, oh my God, these relationship shows like Married at First Sight, right? Oh my gosh. I'll watch all of these, Love is Blind, like all of these relationship things. And I'm like, they went through all of these things and they're still together. And but like all of lately, it's gotten really bad where I was in PMDD uh, this month. And I was, it's not bad, but I mean, it's like intense. Like it's very systematic that I binged watch the Indian matchmaker. And it's, <laughs> and it's like not even my, like it's not my culture. And I just like love their weddings and I love their stories and how they just, have their mate chosen for them by these this matchmaker and then the families are all for it and then they're just together and I'm like so then you know you know because you're in PMD you're like maybe I should have had an Indian matchmaker <laughs> but it's it's like what it shifted my mood because I I just needed something else to focus on so I'm not here to judge like I tell my clients I'm not judging you a lot of my clients will apologize to me for things that they do when they're in PMDD. I'm like, why? Like, I, I've i probably done it and I may still do it. So, like, I'm not here to... That's the benefit of having a coach, a PMDD relationship coach that has PMDD. Like, I'm never going to judge you on things that you're doing because I've probably done them and maybe even worse. So, it's like, I get it. I totally get it. I'm not coming to you because I'm in a place where I'm so much better than you. And, oh, I used to have PMDD back in the day. Like, no, for me, back in the day was like a day ago, right? I'm just, and I'll be right back in it. Like I said to me when I was on Instagram, like, no more PMDD, my cycle is come. And then I said, and then I had to remember, no more PMDD for the month of August of 2022. Like, September 2022, like I'm coming for you. Like PMDD is going to be coming in hot. So I'm not so above you that I don't have to shift my own moods, right? And whatever you do to shift your moods is, is what you do. And then the last thing is what do my moods and the shift, what does it teach me about the patterns of when I'm in PMDD? I know that's when I started studying um, the patterns that I had when I was in PMDD and how my moods would shift, that's when I realized I had the avoidant attachment. And I noticed every single month I would get really avoidant with my partner and that, and then he would get really anxious and that would be the cause of a lot of disagreements that we had. So if you're having disagreements because you feel like you're going in your shell when your partner's wanting attention or you're going to get attention and your partner's going into their shell, you need to go to my website, www.inlovewithpmdd.com and get my PMDD relationship ebook on attachment styles to help you understand what your attachment style is, what your partner's attachment style is, and what to do about it. So this is concluding our second episode on the communication styles and what to do when you're in PMDD with your partner to do the least amount of damage in your PMDD relationship. We got this.
PMDD partners, it is National PMDD Awareness Month. And in lieu of this, I have officially launched In Love with PMDD TV. On this YouTube channel, you are going to be getting exclusive interviews with other PMDD partners. I'm always going to be coming on there, giving you more tools, more things for your PMDD relationships to stop the monthly breakups, but make sure you go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel, In Love with PMDD TV, so you can see more of me. Hey, that rhymes, but I'm super excited to be able to provide this for you. And then also, if you're wanting to be a guest on the podcast, In Love with PMDD, where you're listening to me right now, or if you want to be a guest on the TV show, In Love with PMDD TV on YouTube, make sure that you send me an email, rose at inlovewithpmdd.com. Let me know that you want to be a guest. Let me know that you want to share your story. Let me know that you want to share your journey. And for the month of April, I will be having other PMDD sufferers, other PMDD partners come on and collaborate with me on the podcast and then also on In Love with PMDD TV. This is about spreading awareness of PMDD, everything that we're suffering with, everything that we're going through. I want the world to be able to see what it is that we go through on a month-to-month basis so that more tools can be provided. So I'm super excited. Email me, rose at inlovewithpmdd.com, or you can DM me on Instagram, as always, where I vlog my journey daily. But I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, we got this.